Why are thousands of people going missing in our national parks? There's something out there. This world is a strange one. National parks offer citizens a peaceful place to view nature and to get back to our roots. But people go missing in these supposedly peaceful regions almost every day. So where are they going and what is taking them? Well, maybe we can get a clue as we listen to these extremely creepy national park encounters. But first, have you seen a strange animal in a national forest? I'd love to hear your story. Send it to me at darknessprevails.org. Also, be sure to follow me on vid.me slash darknessprevails. We're very close to a thousand followers. Thank you. Now, there's a reason we have search and rescue. Number one, Perceptions of Fear, submitted by Dusk. I've always lived in a safe and noisy environment. People are not exactly the definition of friendly, but the place has always been filled with normality, at least for me. But when something this abnormal and disturbing happened in a regular night in my life, it really changed me. I genuinely believe that is what frightens people. Just the fact that they cannot guess or comprehend what is going on in mentally deprived people's heads or the fear of injury or passing away is just instinctual, something that is programmed into us after birth. It's the fear of the unknown that haunts most of us. Well, this happened in mid-January in 2017 what triggered the event in question was a simple argument. However, at the time, I was going through an intense stage of depression and anxiety. I'd been arguing with my father. It was so unimportant that I can't even remember what it was about. I just recall it was a difference in opinions and perspectives, but it definitely got us both riled up. So to take myself away from the situation in order to get some quiet time to think, I took a long walk into the night, sometime between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. I would often do this whenever I felt overwhelmed, and from my perspective, it didn't matter what time I took the walk, day or night. I just needed some time alone. I strolled down a main street, which was well lit with many cars creating a vacuum of wind traveling in the opposite direction, so it wasn't really peaceful. But I kept walking nonetheless, I began to come upon the more shady streets, and I was beginning to think that I might come across some sort of sketchy character or someone that might have had too much to drink. I pulled my hoodie over my head to make myself look menacing to attempt to ward off any people nearby, but nothing strange happened. The only noticeable thing that happened during my walk was a loud party going on at a house across the street, and all that did was make me wish I had a better social life not just constantly arguing with my legal guardians. Little did I know at that point that my anger and depression would soon become fear. As I got further away from the partying and loud house, I got to the deeper and darker side of town and my anger and depression were starting to grow weaker. I was finally beginning to calm down. But as it got darker, I began to feel more and more creeped out, like I needed to go home 
but I still didn't want to return because as always, I knew I'd get a lecture. The moment I stepped back foot in my house, it would all come back. So instead, I kept going. I decided to make my way to a national park nearby, which I thought at the time would be a more pleasant and peaceful experience. From all my times walking around in that park, I knew the layout pretty well, and I reminded myself where the nearest bench was so that I could stop and be left to my thoughts. But as I approached the park, I was reminded of how dark it could really get, and the sight of it was so ominous. I continued down the path. I could see trees on my left side. There were so many of them that I could only see a few feet into the forest. To be completely honest, I was beginning to have second thoughts about being out there, and even though I knew that place like the back of my hand, I soon felt lost, like the place around me was a completely different world altogether. Finally, and thankfully, I saw a hill coming up, a landmark that I definitely recognized, and shown behind it, I could see the lights of a nearby tennis court. Once I stood on the hill, the lights from that tennis court illuminated the immense wall of trees behind me. I continued along the path that went a little further into the woods, and I finally reached the bench. I was planning on sitting before, but I had a change of heart. Something felt wrong about just sitting there, as if I'd be sitting ducks. Plus, the further I went, the longer it would take to get back home, and I wasn't ready to go back. But as I continued to walk, I realized I would have more and more trouble navigating my way around. The trees began to surround me and get closer and thicker, which means what little light there was was beginning to fade. I should have brought a light or my cell phone at the very least. So only a minute or two of walking past the bench did I decide to turn around and go back to it. Finally, I sat down and closed my eyes, trying to relax, letting the sounds of the night drown out my inner thoughts. I wasn't there long before I began to hear something behind me. It sounded like footsteps on leaves. Instantly, I spun around, looking towards the tree line. There was nothing there. For all I could see, anyway, I was alone. I could barely see the forest through the trees, if you catch my drift. It was quiet again, and I quickly dismissed the sound as some small animal. This park is home to a variety of different creatures. About five minutes later, I randomly turned back to the tree line, having this feeling that something was watching me. Seemingly nothing had changed. I was still alone, apparently. But just as I turned my head away to face forward again, something to my left caught my eye. There was an outline of some animal over there. From what I could see, it resembled a wolf or a large dog. This would have put a lot of people on edge, but the first thing I thought was that my mind was playing tricks on me, kind of like how you see things on the edge of the road when someone is driving at night. I was creeped out, but I attempted to amuse myself by saying in my head that it was probably the Hound of Baskerville or something like that. To me, the thought was horrifying, but it was also funny. I continued to look at the outline until it dispersed back into the darkness leaving me to wonder if what I'd really seen was something or just the dark playing tricks on me. Every minute I stayed there, I felt more and more terrified. 
I was alone in a national park in the middle of a forest, and I may not be alone. But for whatever reason, I didn't leave. I just sat there, surveying the forest around me. After a long, quiet pause, I suddenly heard a faint growling noise coming from the forest. I was shocked, but not surprised, assuming it was a fox. They're often seen in my neighborhood, and they prey on small birds. But concerned for my own safety, I got up from the bench and began to walk back toward the entrance of the park. And that's when I noticed it. I had only taken a few steps before I could clearly see a faint glowing red light only a small distance into the forest. I felt encased in ice as my body began to shiver. I stared at the light, not sure what to think it was. I tried to rationalize it, believing it was just some sort of sensor or measuring device that the park rangers had put up to keep track of the wildlife in the area. Maybe it was some sort of motion sensing camera. It still, however, made me incredibly uneasy. I wasn't sure what my eyes were telling me, and my heart began to sink. Like I was saying before, it's the lack of understanding of what's going on around you that really makes you afraid. I don't know how long I stood there, motionless, looking at this light. What happened next, though, has been burned into my mind. I peered closer, and I spotted a second light, which moved forward from behind the first, as the first light began to simultaneously move to the right, as if they were joined on the same object, and I'm sure you can guess that I realized what they were, and this sent a chill and a shock throughout my entire body. They were eyes, eyes slowly turning to face me, eyes reflecting an unnatural red color. I could barely even see deep black pupils in the center of those eyes. They seemed hollow. The sight was so disturbing that as the creature began to move, I darted my head to the left, too afraid to even make eye contact with whatever that was. At this point, my fight or flight response initiated and I had to think fast. And of course I chose flight, but I knew if I began to run, that it was probably faster than me, not to mention I'm pretty much out of shape. Plus, if I did run and it was some sort of predator, then that would only make it want to chase me more. So I slowly, and as quietly as I possibly could, I walked back towards the tree-shadowed path, trying to pretend that nothing had just happened. Once I finally reached the end of the path that connected it to the main road, I looked back at the tree line, and there I saw the same eyes. They were staring down at me from about eight feet up. Whatever those eyes belonged to, it was huge, and somehow, this massive thing followed me along the path without making a single noise. I can tell you with complete honesty that I've never been more afraid in my entire life. I turned and sprinted, not even able to think clearly at this point, just wanting to get away. Though I was running full speed, the journey felt like it lasted 10 times longer, and my heart felt like it was climbing up my throat, but I swallowed hard and continued running. I remember feeling so relieved after I finally passed onto the street with houses on the other side. I had run so hard for so long that I had trouble breathing and I was gasping for air. Everywhere I looked, I could no longer see the eyes. 
I don't think it followed me. I think that I may have been in its territory and I was probably safe now. And thankfully for me, the journey back was uneventful, but the fear and paranoia never left me. When I got home, my mom was extremely worried because I'd been gone so long and she asked me where I went. I shivered out a sentence, telling her that I strolled all the way down to the park to quiet my mind. She has always made a point to tell me that there are dangerous people out there, that it's not safe to go out alone, especially at night. Knowing how she worries, I'm glad I didn't tell her exactly what I saw, otherwise she'd never let me leave the house again. But I knew she wouldn't believe me still. Even I don't know what I saw. After this event, I never left my home at night, and I've never gone back to that park during any time. Ever since, I've become more paranoid, checking under my bed, checking my closet, or checking outside the window before I go to sleep. I seem to hear more noises more often, especially when things are quiet. That weird and random sound you just heard outside, I would focus on to the point that I could no longer sleep. How scared I was that night, running away from that thing. It never left me completely. And sometimes I think I'm going crazy, because I swear, I still see those eyes outside at night. Despite the distance between my house and those woods, I'm sure whatever it was could have smelled me and found me here. But I like to believe I'm just being paranoid, that I'm just afraid of the dark at the moment. What I am completely sure of and completely convinced about is that I saw the unexplainable that night, something I wasn't supposed to see, something that wasn't supposed to see me. I believe I could have become the next missing person. I'm glad I shared my story, and even if just one person hears it, I'll finally feel some closure. I think that's all I need. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York, deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry, while Steve separately researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts.
Number two, Bright Lights in the Woods, submitted by Chad M. Back in the 90s, I had purchased a small house in a small town in Pennsylvania where I grew up. My fiance at the time was new to the area and I wanted to take her out to eat one night at a bar or restaurant. The specific place was one of my favorites and I'd been wanting to take her to it for some time. It was a 45 minute drive through a national park forest, which in the past had stationed a military air base. As kids, my friends and I had wandered throughout that area. We had found some creepy old shelters in which as teenagers, we used to drive out to at night and dare each other to go in. Well, my fiance and I began the drive through the area when in the distance on the road, next to the tree line of thick, large pine trees, I noticed a bright beam of light illuminating the road ahead of us, which seemed to be coming straight from the woods. Being familiar with the area, I knew there were no roads or camps in that area, so I was immediately puzzled and brought it to my fiance's attention to see if she could make light of it. It was a rainy day around 2 p.m., slightly overcast, so I knew that the beam of light had to be immensely strong to be so bright in the middle of the day. As our car approached the light, I was in the passenger seat with the light being on my side of the road and I told my fiance to slow down so that I could see whatever the heck that was. As we entered into the light's beam, I immediately felt an impact, which felt like some sort of beam hitting me in the face. My whole body stung all at once, and I instinctively raised my arm to my face. I could in no way make out what the source of light was, at which point my fiance slammed on the gas, and we rocketed out of the area. Her face was full of shock, and I asked her, what did she see? And to this day, she swears by it. She said she saw a large strobe-like sphere moving back and forth, emitting the beam when she suddenly panicked. She said as soon as she was in the beam, it felt like her whole body was on fire. I tried to get her to turn around so we could get a better look, but she refused and we continued to our destination, albeit a bit confused. On the way home from our night out, we did not see the light again, and to this day, I wonder what we saw. Number three, The Eyes Around the Tracks, submitted by Aiden M. This happened around six months ago. It was my younger brother's birthday. He had just turned nine and he wanted to spend all day at Belton Park, around an hour from where we live in Lincolnshire, UK. Some hours had passed, and me and my older brother, who's 24, decided to take a walk a little further into the park in the forest. We were soon in the middle of the forest surrounding the park, quite a ways away from our family. We discovered an old abandoned train track leading even further into the forest. Of course, curiosity got the better of us, so we decided to follow it. It had been about an hour since we left the party, but we didn't realize it. So we just carried on, not realizing how dark it was beginning to get. I felt as if we were being watched at one point from the distance, but I didn't think much of it. Not until I started hearing leaves rustling around us and the sound of twigs snapping under some heavy weight. 
I don't think my brother noticed it. He seemed too focused. So I assumed if he wasn't worrying about it, then neither should I. So we carried on further along the train tracks. We soon hit a massive area of bushes, but the train tracks still went in further. So we pushed ourselves on through, eventually getting to the other side, where we discovered there was a small wooden bridge. We looked out to the other side and noticed some of the bushes were being moved as if something was over there. We crouched down, trying to hide ourselves, and we stayed motionless for about five minutes. When we noticed, there was a glowing set of yellow eyes staring right back at us, not moving an inch either. Before I knew it, my brother took off and I darted after him. It took us about 90 minutes to get all the way out there, but only 40 to get back out of the forest. But the whole time we were running, we saw these shadowy figures with the same yellow eyes darting in between the trees around us. There must have been around 10 of them, and we had no idea what they were. As soon as we exited the tree line, we looked back, out of breath and panting for air. We saw six pairs of eyes coming from the tree line. There were only six pairs now, but the catch was, whatever these things were, their glowing yellow eyes were eight and a half feet up, meaning they were extremely big, and I'm kind of glad we didn't see what they were. Soon they all turned and went back into the woods, leaving us there confused and terrified. To this day, we have no idea what we saw, what we stumbled upon, but I do know that I never want to experience that again, and I won't be going back there anymore, daylight or nighttime. Number four, Lake Tahoe Monster submitted by Johnson. I may not be the best at retelling a story, but people need to know about what lives in Lake Tahoe. Now, I'm not saying not to go there. Lake Tahoe and the national forest around it, it's a beautiful place, but you need to understand that there are unexplainable things going on there. This happened a few years ago. I went with my family to a trip to Lake Tahoe National Forest. We would be going swimming in the lake itself and hiking in the woods around it. It was me and my dad, my cousin and uncle. We swam for a while. The water was really cold and soon we all got out to warm up. My uncle had a bright idea to rent a boat so we could go out on the water and do some fishing. I didn't want to. Deep water had always scared me, but I couldn't argue. We had brought three fishing poles and some nets. When we rented the boat, it was pretty small, but it went pretty fast. So we were off. We stopped in a good spot where we could get some fish, and after a few boring hours, I wanted to try my hand with the net. My dad handed me the fishing net. After about 20 minutes, I got tired of holding the dang thing. As soon as I was going to give it back, my uncle caught hold of something big. Now, my uncle is an experienced fisherman and has been fishing since he was 13. Never have I seen him struggle so bad like this. Soon, whatever my uncle had caught pulled the fishing pole right from his hands. He was so surprised that he fell back and I think we were all freaked out. On the way back, my dad and uncle were talking about what it could have been. 
saying that they didn't know things that big existed in that lake at all. Well, soon we went hiking. Me and my cousin were having the time of our lives. We were playing with sticks, pretending to be in Star Wars. We saw some huge rocks nearby. They hung out over the lake, so you could stand on them and peer out over the water below. The water was so deep and full of waves, it was both beautiful and scary at the same time. My cousin needed to use the bathroom, so he went with my uncle to find a bush, but I continued to look down at the water, and right then and there, I almost soiled myself. There was a massive creature swimming towards the rock I was on. I couldn't even move, I was so afraid. I just stood there in complete shock. It was almost the size of a school bus. It looked like a catfish from its head, but with bigger teeth. It had four flippers and a long tail like a crocodile. Even just its tail was far bigger than me. The thing was covered in black ink-like spots and its skin was gray with a mix of brown. And then I saw something that completely blew my mind. Hanging out of its mouth, dragging along behind it, was a fishing pole. All of a sudden, my dad grabbed hold of me from behind and pulled me away from the edge. I had been stuttering and crying, and he thought I was about to fall over. I just wanted to get out of there. My uncle and cousin came running to see what was happening. I was uncontrollable. My uncle went to the rock himself to see what I was looking at, and he stood there shocked because he saw it too. He cursed under his breath, then picked up a nearby rock and threw it at the thing, which then swam away. We all went back to the car, and I was the first one there. We didn't really talk except for my cousin wanting to know what was happening, why we were leaving so early. When we finally got home, my uncle began to explain in detail what he saw to me and my dad. I told him that that's what I saw. We don't know what kind of fish that was, but if it had wanted to, it could have flipped our boat over, leaving us helpless in the water and picked us off one by one. Ever since we saw that fish creature thing, we haven't gone back to Lake Tahoe and I still don't want to. It's left me with a bad feeling that makes me not want to go back into the water at all. And number five, Lack Wendigo, submitted by Ava C. This is a scary experience we had in Algonquin Park in Canada, where we got stuck on a road called Lack Wendigo. My family and I were camping up north for some time, but sadly, after six days, we had to leave. We left early in the morning, around eight. I was with three people, my mother Cindy and my two cousins Cheryl and Samantha. As we were driving, my mother, being the outdoorsy type, wanted Cheryl to drive through her favorite place, Algonquin Provincial Park. It was simply gorgeous. I was eight the last time we went, so I hadn't remembered much and I was excited to go. I was too busy taking photos to realize Cheryl had turned down a road with the name Lack Wendigo. It was a very narrow, eerie road. We stopped a few times to have a snack and take some pictures. I've got to turn around, 
Cheryl said as she looked for a wide spot to turn. The only problem was there was nothing but a narrow path. She ended up having to unhook her trailer and back up until she could turn around. In the meantime, black flies and deer flies swarmed all over our car. It got so bad that we had to roll the windows up. Even then, all you could hear was tapping on the glass from the flies ramming into it. Cheryl was finally able to turn her car around, but she had to back up to get the trailer. Both Cheryl and Samantha were panicking. Their faces were both suddenly filled with dread. Everyone got out of the car in a hurry. They were suddenly trying to get the trailer back on the vehicle as fast as they possibly could, and I couldn't understand what the hurry was about. But in no time, they had the thing hooked back up. Then I heard Cheryl curse under her breath as she got back in. They made a point to lock the doors and check that the windows were all the way up. Then we sped out of there, and I swear, we were going so fast, I thought we'd lose control at any second. The whole time this was happening, a feeling of being watched was coming over me, and just as we were taking off, that feeling was at its strongest, so I couldn't hold back anymore. I turned around in my seat and looked out the back window, and behind me stood something that I'd never forget. There was a tall, tall creature. It looked almost like a moose, but it was standing on its hind legs. It had these solid black eyes with an expression of anger on its face. It stared back at me with those beady black eyes, and I knew if we had stayed there any longer, we may have never left, at least not alive. I tried later to get an explanation from my family, but they never spoke a word. And ever since then, I've had nightmares about that thing. Sure, it can be nice to go and see some nature every now and then, to get out and smell some fresh air in our national parks, but keep your eyes peeled, keep your senses sharp. You see, people tend to forget that we are made of meat and certain creatures love meat. Just because you're walking on a man-made trail with a few of your friends doesn't mean you won't be picked off one by one. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us real sightings of monsters from national parks at darknessprevails.org. Also, a huge thanks goes out to my newest patron. They are Hannah Binke. Thank you so much for doing what you can to support this channel. And if I massacred your name, I'm sorry. To all of you tuning in, thank you for stopping by. And as always, stay safe and stay creepy.